to give res show respect to the audience and respect your own business. It was a way to protect it. Ladies and gentlemen, heels and faces, casual wrestling fans, and all you smart marks, I'm K-Fabe AJ. I'm K-Fabe Focus. And this is K-Fabe Avenue, and tonight we're bringing you the AEW Revolution review. So you've definitely had a lot of time to process this. Um... Just hot garbage that we call. Yeah, we, we, not, we not even we we not even gonna gonna prolong this. Like it was hot trash, and for the people that want to just make it like fifteen minutes, like dark. <laughs> right. I I, I want to say this opening statement on this for the people that are defending it and saying that it was only about the finish and people only complaining about the finish. Um, I think it's about time to break that logic down and reveal why this pay-per-view was really lackluster. So let's start off with the pre-show, which was Britt Baker and Maki Ito versus Thunder Rosa and Rio, which um, admittedly wasn't a, a bad match at all. Um, of course, Maki Ito was this surprise entrant, uh, replay, replacing, what's her name, Reb, Reba? Uh, uh, yeah, Reba. Yeah. Reba. So, you know, she ended up taking her place. This is one of the people that were in the Women's Championship championship Eliminator Tournament. So, um, so basically what happened is that they, they, they show like a video segment where they show somebody allegedly jump rebel not reva backstage as he was telling uh, the injury sorry, rebel yeah so you know it was like oh reva can't can't you know do the match so they got maki ito from tokyo Joshi pro uh to step in and uh fill in the placement yeah but i i don't i don't think it was a big surprised as they thought it, it was going to be as far as you know the way they presented it. I feel like they thought it was going to be a really big impact that this was the, the partner, I guess. I mean, the the way that Joshi's a book, it's like, how can anyone really get behind any of these Joshis? Now, Rio later on with Sheeta, understandable. But the rest of these Joshis just randomly thrown in because they had a random appearance in the tournament. Come on, we have, outside of that, we have nothing to go on as far as, you know, attachment to these to these women. So, well, the, they thought this was a the, big, the people, I would have been. The people who, who, the people who, who cheer Maki Ito already know her from her matches and everything because this hasn't been just like, oh, she just appeared out of nowhere. She has, she's been appearing all over the Josie uh, circuit for over the past two, three years. So it wasn't like, you know, yeah, I'm not, just, I'm not speaking you know, from, got trained on the right method. I'm not, I'm not speaking and it's like, you know, it's the same, it's the same type of people that would watch um, stardom and stuff like that would, that would, that would know. I get, no, I get what you're saying, but 
I'm not coming from that perspective. I'm coming from a viewer that is only watching AEW. I'm judging it based on what AEW is telling me, based on what AEW showcased to me. So whether I know their history in uh, stardom or whatever it is, New Japan, wherever that these wrestlers, not just the Josie, come from, I'm just talking about the way, you know, it's presented on TV. So well, they, really they also presented it more on, on the tournament as well. So which yeah, is I'm referencing all the stuff. You only you fan. only have for the most part, you only have the tournament to base yourself on. So I'm saying if they thought that it was gonna be a big pop, because this was the, the person that took that um what's the name, Rebel's place. I don't think it, it, it was that big payoff like it was supposed to be. With that being said, it was I a good disagree. match. Yeah, it was it was a great match. Uh, Maki Ito sh- showcased uh, some of her uh, unique charisma and personality, and you showcased why that she has she's a great showman, and you know also so for some of her technical ability and some of her uh, gimmick. Uh, so I thought I thought it was great for her. You know, Britt Baker, you know, showing off her, her witch and everything so they could get the, the get the win. And, um, you know, Thunder Rosa and Riho, they, you know, they, you know, I thought they were going to win. But, you know, apparently, you know, Tony Khan did the O-Switcheroo and, you know, Britt Baker and Mike, you know, won. Yeah, I mean... It, it was it was just filling space and giving these ladies something to do. I don't think there's any real big um, storyline impact coming out of this. I feel like this would have been better off being Britt Baker. I mean, I, I, I feel like it's just gonna yeah, it's just a filler match for the for the Thunder Rosa. That's and, what I'm saying. This was just and, uh, Britt a Baker. match to fill this time. Uh, it it should have just straight up been Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa. There was no reason to prolong that. They I, going at each other for a while. And I think, and I think they're also trying to start something with Riho and Maki, you know, starting a feud or something. Yeah. Well, we'll, so we'll, we'll see, see where, where we'll that see heads up. That, yeah, we'll see where that's going. Let's move on um, to the actual Revolution card. Um, a sign of bad things to come. Jim Ross was, his voice was completely, almost completely gone. The majority yeah. of the show, all he was laryngitis or something. Yeah, so you know it was shaky commentary to to start the pre-show to start off the show. Um, you know he did rebound throughout the night, but it was it was very noticeable. But the first opener, which was surprising, because I, I think you picked this to be the main event. Chris Jericho yeah. and MJF versus the Young Bucks. So. This is this is my thing. Was the match good? Yeah, it was a good match. Was this a great match? No. And that's the problem. It's a championship match. You have Jericho and you have the Young Bucks. MGF the up-and-comer regardless of his position, whether you like him or not. This should have been a classic. But the storyline leading into this was garbage. It was convoluted. They didn't really give a fuck about the, this matchup until the last three weeks. Everything was all um, elite 
Impact Wrestling garbage, Good Brother garbage, and Inner, Inner Circle Turmoil garbage. So how how can, and as a viewer, regardless if this match was decent or not, how can, as a viewer, I be invested? And this is what you open with. This is what you open with. So you already got me with a, with a few that I've already been saying, I just want this to get over with. I want the next step of this. It should have been Young Bucks versus the Good Brothers or Young Bucks versus the actual number one contenders based on your ranking systems. But that yeah, that's a story for another day. You know, we spoke about that on last week's Dynamite recap. But you know, it's just more like more of this, and then it's Jericho MGF loses. Okay, Horrible. I expected that. I I personally expected that. I know you said the, the Bucks should have lost, right? Yeah. They should have lost undoubtedly. Like, there's no reason for them to, to have the tag team title right now. Unless they're about to actually stop this bullshit that they going on, got going on with the with the Bullet Club, the fake version of the Bullet Club they got going on with the Good Brothers. This thing going to stop the bullshit and do, like, a title for title. It doesn't make sense that this pairing even happened on the quarterly event. This was the Dynamite match. Like... This was a dynamite match. Nothing special from the Bucks. Nothing special from MJF and uh, Jericho. Typical matchup. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't. They just basically recycled all the spots that they did in prior matches and just shoved it up for people. Yep. This was, you know, nothing special. I give this match maybe a six. What do I you give it a it? five? A five. All right, let's, let's move on. We have the Casino Tag Team Battle Royal. Now, there's way too much going on in this match to break it down uh, segment by segment. But let me see if I can at least get the order entry. I think, I, think, I think a couple of noteworthy tag teams that were there were, you know, obviously Pac and Phoenix... Um, so I actually have have them. It was the Natural Nightmares to start, Dustin Rose and QT Marshall, and then we had eliminated himself. Dark Order number five and ten. Then we had Proud and Powerful. Then we had the Sidal Brothers. We had the other Dark Order members in Evil Uno and Stu Grayson. We had uh, the Gun Club, Colton and Austin Gunn. We had uh, Pretty Peter, Avalon, and Cesar Bononi. We had the Varsity Blondes, Griff Garrison and Brian Pillman. We, at that point, after they came out, that's when QT eliminated himself, spit at Dustin, um, that was pretty much something that was overlooked. I don't, I didn't see many people talking about the fact that QT did that. So it looks like full heel turn. Yeah. The real side of QT that we see on Sammy's vlog is finally on uh, main programming. Uh, who else was in there? We had Bear Country, Bear Bronson, and Bear Boulder. We had 
Jurassic Express, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. For some reason. Were they the no? We had Butcher and the Blade. We had TH2, Jack Evans, and Angelico. We had the Private Party, Isaiah and Mark Quinn. We had SCU. We had another uh, Dark Order, Silva and Reynolds. Pac and Phoenix. And I believe that was that was the last uh, team in with Ray Phoenix and Pac going over everyone. So the actual match, it was trash. Uh, I was right. It was, a lot of people were just standing around doing nothing. It was, it was basically just the Royal Rumble with tag teams. But this didn't have any of the excitement of a Royal Rumble. And I just saw a Royal Rumble pay per view a month and a half ago with two hour long rumbles. And this wasn't even a quarter exciting of that kind of Royal Rumble. A lot of the guys were just standing around lost, um, doing a lot of nothing. Um, obviously, the jobber teams were out of there quick. I didn't really even see too many people shine like that. Yeah. Then this is my problem with this match. Pac and Ray Phoenix win. They're not even a real tag team. They're not the real tag team of, of, of the of the Death Triangle. Ray Ray Phoenix and, and Pentagon are. So what was the point of that? Not only that, you have two storylines running through here. You have Proud and Powerful, who've been having turmoil for the past two months with the Inner Circle, get overlooked again in this match. Then you get SCU, who... um. The last I checked, the next time they were going to lose a match, they were no longer a tag team. So I, I don't care if they explain it oh, only singles. That's a technicality. That's a technicality. That team should have broke up last they night. Lost match. They lost. But that didn't happen because they won dark this week on Tuesday. So what was the point? The match was a five. What do you give it? I don't know. It's all right. I guess it is a five, but um, I I can't agree with the decision making behind this match. There I, I mean, there, there wasn't anything, anything like over there the top. No, no spots. It was just like let's let's just see how many people get away with putting them in the ring. That's exactly what it was. Let's put every tag team that's been showcased on Dark and Dynamite. Let's put them in this Royal Rumble style tag team match. And it wasn't like let's make them all special. If you made them special, if you gave everyone at least a couple seconds of shine, you know, if you're gonna do Royal Rumble like things, then do Royal Rumble like things. Have the person. The tag team that comes in gets instantly eliminated. Get the dominant tag team. Get the tag team that's trying to just get by. You know, make a story of it. And that's the problem with this pay-per-view. Every, almost every match, the story going in was trash. Or the story that was being told in the match was non-existent. It was just do this, do this, do that. Move here, move there. It's over. Nothing special. Let's make sure, and then they're like, "Let's make sure that we're not on camera, so they don't see us slack off." <laughs> Pretty much. So, yeah, I give that a five. 
The AW Women's Championship is next, and Ryu Mizunami versus Hikaru Shida. And this was the saving match of the pay-per-view to me. To me, this was the best one because although um, my personal feelings aside of the way the Joshis have been handled and the fact that I felt Ryu shouldn't have been the person chosen for the spot, I felt this should have been um, the winner of the tournament should have won this match. Um, yeah. Harushita won this match, retained the title again. I felt what was the point of Ryu going through the tournament, beating all these women just to lose the big one? And it doesn't, I, I mean, not that I would have been happy she won, but it just made sense storyline wise. I would not, I would have been happy she won because we have a, a Joshi champion now who, uh, for better or worse, is a good champion, but doesn't translate. No as well as somebody like a Britt Baker or, or Serena or Thunder Rosa can. No, she can't. She she has that that language barrier and cultural issues that per, unfortunately prevent her from doing anything and really like connecting with the fans. I don't know. And I think it's just that they don't really try to produce any content with her at all. It's like, you I've know. I've been saying it for, for, for months. The NWA Women's Championship is showcased in a better light than the AEW Women's Championship, and that's a damn shame. The highlight moments of the year for the women have all been NWA Women's Championship highlights for me. Or or women that are yeah, in and, that circle. And who knows? When, now with Impact, maybe the Impact Women's Championship is probably going to get more signed. <laughs> probably. So Hikaru Shida wins, and then at the end of, end of this, we have Nyla Rose come out and and beat everybody up. We got uh, Thunder Rosa out to make the save. Uh, Britt Baker came out. Rebel, you know, on crutches came out. And this is my thing. Nyla Rose was the one who lost to Ryu. Why didn't she just win if she was going to get in the position to fight Sheeta anyways? We know why Britt Baker's there. Put herself in the conversation, but essentially, Thunder Rosa and her got to have that one-on-one. Yeah. So what the fuck was the point of Nyla Rose losing to Rio if by the end of this match, Rio's an afterthought? That's you know, just to give problem. somebody else a push. You know, just to give somebody else a push for once and, you know, have, have somebody face you to, that, she, that she hasn't even faced before. Because how many times have Nyla Rose faced you? To... I think they already fought like once. Or twice. Probably, I think it's like twice. That's what I'm saying. So I even mean, to give someone else a chance, but now where's her in this story? Where's her in, her, in this positioning? And now we're back in Nyla Rose for, for a third match. Because there's nobody I, I, else. You know, except for maybe Big Soul. Meanwhile, we got Britt Baker doing some of her best work. We got Thunder Rosa there doing some of her best work. You know, there's other people that are deserving. Um, I agree. They should give people other chances. And if Nyla wasn't going to win the tournament, then she shouldn't have this opportunity after. So I, I just don't like the state of the AEW Women's Championship because it's not prestigious right now. You could tell me Sheeta is the longest reigning champion in AEW, and it doesn't mean anything when... Like, who is she beating? Who is she beating? And, and why are the women with a different title... Getting better matches than her. So, 
you know, we and, and, and these of anybody want to argue these these send send that hate mail to e.a on Twitter, activate him, you know, make sure he gets active with some hate mail. He can answer this shit and maybe he'll relay them to me and maybe. if you want to argue about it, but probably at the end of the day, these are I feel like these are very valid points. And we haven't even got to the 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 defense of this pay-per-view that always oh, don't let the last four minutes ruin the four hours. So with that being said, let's move on. We have Miro and Yo, this Kisabian. is a long pay-per-view. I just want to say, yeah, well, long pay-per-view for no reason. Listen, I, and it's not even to joke. By the time I hit the Sting match, which was the co-main event, bang, I was here like head head nodding, like trying to stay awake, like. I was like, yo, this is the first time I'm fucking bored watching wrestling. I can watch Shane McMahon's horrible promo for this past Monday night and, and not be as sleepy as I was during these this pay-per-view. Ridiculous. So we got Miro and Kip Sabian versus Orange Cassidy and Chuck Taylor. For no reason. Who cares about this storyline? Who? Nobody. So why should I be invested in this match? It's like horrible. <laughs> like, I, don't, I don't know. Yo, the, the whole match was pretty bad. Because it's like, oh, wow. Miro gets knocked out by an orange punch. Really? And you saw how he sold really? that? I'm, I'm, I'm supposed to believe that Miro gets knocked out from an orange punch. Like, really? He was stumbling around. I mean, he didn't lose. Miro he, he, looked, he, he looked like he looked like Shaq when he's trying to fake a foul. <laughs> Listen, this whole pairing was stupid. This whole story was stupid. This was another drop in the ball, not knowing what to nip the story in the fucking butt. You have a quarter to build up these pay-per-views, and we're already like four matches in, and not one of them did I care about outside of the women's match, which was decent. Which was the probably the best match of the night. Like and the mess up, and the messed up thing is that we probably not even done with this storyline either. We're probably not. Because what's not. probably gonna happen is Miro's probably gonna try to chase Kenny, and then I'm guessing maybe Chucky's gonna try to insert him into that too. I was hoping that Trent Beretta was healed up enough to just make a comeback. Trent's out. They could have this full circle shit and really move I mean, on from this. I mean, I mean, the, I mean the way the way they drag things out is possible. Yeah, sometimes long storyline isn't a good idea. Um, and this is one of those situations. This Miro and Kip Sabian shit, and and and. The best friendship is is trash. Miro hasn't been interesting at all. Kip Sabian is supposed to be the leader of that situation, and he's not interesting at all. Um, where was all that momentum that Chris Jericho built up for Orange Cassidy? Where it went? Where did it go? Orange Cassidy uh, still kicking deep. people soft. You're kicking Miro soft and doing that whole gimmick still. Cool. You got to turn up. This was revolution. This was the pay-per-view. Shit felt like dynamite, he bro. You want to fall asleep. I, I eventually did fall asleep. 
I had to fucking watch the 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 rest of this pay per view the the next day. But we'll get to that point. Miro and Kip Sabian end up winning. Then after we go backstage and we get Chris Jericho MJF talking about some uh they're gonna have an inner circle consoles meeting or some shit war console meeting on dynamite and that's maybe wants to too much mjf is, is much probably gonna take over the inner circle they're probably gonna kick jericho out so that's where it seems like it's heading the shit is boring already shit is boring already the, one of the best people in the group already left and then the tag team that should be focused is just in the background not doing shit. Horrible. Horrible. Terrible. We got, we got the big Terrible. money match, Hangman Adam Page versus big money Matt Hardy. Decent match. Uh, but did I care about it? Uh, no. It wasn't like this was another like could have been on dynamite. And the thing is, like, yo, these stakes is basically like. How, how how can we know? How can we feel these stakes? We don't. What fan gives a fuck about any of their money? Nothing. Like, like what ramifications? For all we know, Matt Hardy wrote I O U and gave it to Hangman after the match. Basically. This had no stakes. This was another one. What is Matt Hardy doing right now? Nothing much. Scrambling to find his gimmick. One week, he's stealing from the private party. Next week, he turns them heel. Then they disappear for a little bit. Then all of a sudden, he, he he's trying to recruit Hangman, and, and that's how it happened. Come on. What? This shit what? is boring. This shit is boring already. Then we didn't even get... The actual like dark order and hangman finally, you know, joining forces. Yeah, joining forces. The dark order guys came out, helped hangman page get the win. After you know, private party tried to interfere. Just a lot of crap, bro. And we're just gonna keep on stringing, stringing them along. Then we get to what I was excited for. Coming into to this this uh, pay per view, what I thought was going to be one of the better fucking matches, the face of the Revolution ladder match. Penta, Scorpio Sky, Lance Archer, Cody Rhodes. Who else was in it? Um, the the kid from the Acclaim. What's his name? Max Caster. Max Caster. And then we had the, the surprise debut of this big star. And it's Ethan Page. Ethan Page. Now, for somebody who's only watching... Party Ethan Page. For somebody who's watching AEW or people, the casual fans who only watch WWE, who the fuck is Ethan Page? Are they supposed to know? That shit wasn't... He had no buzz. There were fans there. There was no pop. Whatsoever. 
People have to defend the fact that Ethan Page was in that match on the forums. Oh, you guys don't know who Ethan Page is. Of course not. There's no fucking build for him. Nobody really knows. Nobody knows him. He's not a major star. Now, you didn't promise a major star in this match. But when, when 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 you're trying to make big impacts... This is not how you fucking do it. He could have been debuted on Dynamite or Dark for for the no pop that he got. Now we get to the actual match, right? You think that this will be a great fucking match. Lance Archer's in here. Destruction. Cody Rhodes, he's always cutting himself. He's always doing the most. He's always going above and beyond. This shit was boring. This had to be the most boring ladder match I ever saw. It was boring. And that's saying a lot because there's a lot of bad money in the bank, you know, ladder matches. This shit was boring, bro. It took Lance Archer like three minutes to get himself out of in between the ladders because he was phoning in, waiting for the spot to happen. Yo, it took it didn't take forever. It took forever, bro. And then you saw he was out of place climbing those ladders, waiting for the spots. It was terrible. Uh, Pentagon had a little rebound off the rope spot. That's the most memorable thing, memorable thing that happened in the entire match. Nothing was memorable about this match. Oh, what about the the um the Canadian destroyer onto the ladder? Oh, you mean the ladder that was clearly signaled with red markers? That yep. it was gonna break before they even yep. touched it. Yeah. Unimpressed. Trash. And the fact that you guys can't even fucking disguise this fucking obviously propped ladder is sad. You don't even care about the illusion at this point. They're like, we just need to go for a means for our ends. Seriously, <laughs> that shit was horrible, bro. It was and supposed the, to be a cool spot. And, and, the, and, the, and the, I'm here, like, the, why the, is all the, that the, red? Oh, it's gonna snap. Canadian destroy it, <laughs> of course. And the, and then on top of that, what do you have above the ladder but a brass ring, mm. bro? That was a sonic ring. That was those big ones that got you into the chaos zone to search for emeralds and shit. And, and not only that, that's basically an allegory for WWE. It is. Again. 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 For no reason. This is, this, is, this is the face of the revolution match. The revolution was supposed to be AEW being its own company. Paving the way. Being the alternative and paving their own way. Why do they look like TNA light? Because they are. Why do they look like Dollar Tree WWE? Come on, man. We can't keep defending this shit. They lost their spark. This year has been so far really lackluster. They have really lost. They they they're losing me. As as far as my excitement, they have things that's worth watching and, 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 week to week. They do. It's and, worth and, watching. 
And this and the sad thing is that they're not they're not gonna lose their fan core fan base. Of course not. Because their core fan base doesn't really care. It not only that, they don't they don't care. They're just so happy that it's not WWE that they'll deal with the shortcomings, they'll deal with the with with these horrible situations. They're they're asking bare minimum. They're just asking AEW to exist, and to exist on a level that's at least better than Impact. That's all these these fans are asking for. You guys want to portray yourselves as the competition to WWE. You guys want to talk about NXT moving to Tuesday, and, and that's they're waving their white flag and all this shit. You guys aren't even close to competition on their worst day. When you're pulling out pay-per-views that are quarterly like this. I've seen WWE scramble pay-per-views together and make it more interesting than this shit. And it had three months to build. Face of the Revolution is Scorpio Sky to no fanfare. I mean, I'm happy. I'm glad you got it, though. Huh? I'm glad he got it though. No, no, I'm glad he got it too. Cause he finally got something to do. He split from SCU months ago for what? To be on dark doing nothing. And then, you know, now you're grabbing the Sonic ring, the brass ring. Vince, we found the brass ring. It's an AW. They're grabbing it over there. Fucking idiots. Such a shit though. Then we move on. And this is what a lot of people are complaining about. This is uh, the, probably the second most spoke about sore point, which I don't think is even too bad. But I can understand the way they, they built this, this, this shit up. You would think it's a, a huge, never would have thought of signing. And then it's Christian Cage. Is it a bad choice? No. No, I love Christian. I always felt he was held back in WWE. It's a damn shame that Vince doesn't respect him on the level of an edge. Because for the most part, I found Christian to be the better part of that tag team. And on the solo front, I found Christian more entertaining in, in, in the entirety of his run in comparison. Edge was the star that was kind of forced on us. Some yeah, he was basically... He's rent. He was written to succeed. <laughs> yeah, even to this day, it's cool seeing Edge, but it doesn't hit me emotionally. If I saw Christian win the championship at this age, coming back from concussions, it'd mean more to me, for sure. Now, the problem with this is not that Christian is not Hall of Fame worthy, not that Christian isn't a big, big, uh, you know, get for them. It's the fact that. It's expected. Christian has already made the jump before to TNA. Hence, Christian Cage. And they use his original TNA music. Like, this is not a surprise. It's like, it's 2006 again. It's 2007 again. All we need is is Willow come out. Really? It, it's we're starting to see the rehash of TNA. That's that's basically what's happening here. We're starting next to see thing, rehash of TNA. Christian comes thing, out. 
next thing you know, the Young Bucks is going to go by generation me. <laughs> I wouldn't doubt it. Um, Christian comes out, doesn't say anything, opens his shirt, says, I'll work everybody, signs the paper, and walks back. Christian's going to speak on this Wednesday's episode of Dynamite. So while I'm happy for Christian, it's cool to see him. It was a lackluster reveal. And that's just facts. It was lackluster. You had people, when you saying it's going to be mind-blowing, it's Hall of Fame worthy, it's this, is that. Yeah, the fans can stretch it to their imagination and put their expectations high. But really, was that going to be a, a mind-blowing reveal? That's like, oh, Christian's here. That's cool. Not, holy shit, Christian's here. Like, no, no, nobody did that. Nobody. Nobody did that. Rex did that. Who did that? Rex did that. <laughs> Probably. But then we then we move on. We finally had this co-main event. And I'm here, like, at this point, I'm like, Two more matches, bro. Two more matches, then I can sleep. And then the street fight happens. And it's like, the first thing I want to say is, what was the good thing about this match? This was hands down one of the best matches I've ever seen. Very shot well. This was one of, yeah, shot, camera work, uh, camera cuts, stunt doubles. I'm looking at you, Sting. Look like stun double to me. Why have Sting come out on Dynamite and take a powerbomb to prove that he could take a hit just to have a cinematic match? Because it's the legend of Sting. So this was part one of that movie. Because this is what it was. Basically. It was a movie. It's it's like Ip Man Part One. Now, to enjoy legend, it for what it was, the stang. to to enjoy this for what it was, I can see why people enjoyed it. Um, uh, for the Sting fans, I see why they they love the outcome. But for me, someone who's gonna be realistic and see why this was a horrible booking decision, I'm gonna give it to you straight. You're trying to tell me that five people, one who is Brian Cage, two, three fucking hundred pounds, and the, another one who's Will Hobbs, powerhouse, powerhouse Will Hobbs, two, three hundred pounds, behemoths. These guys are giants, bro. Hook. You got Hook. Hook. You got Ricky Starks. You got Taz. And you're telling me these five guys can't take out a 60. 50-something, 60-year-old Sting who has previous spine injuries and, and small Darby Allen? They've been being like look like fools all month. This entire run with Darby Allen. Sting comes out, says nothing, they scatter. All month. The only time they look decent is when they drag Darby Allen in the body back. That was it. Yeah, they did it. They that ass got buried. I'm gonna just say it. They got. I I I know I know that that tongue is they get thrown around a lot, but yo, know, this is like you can't you can't help seduce it. 
they're getting buried by this. Like, yeah, seriously, a 61-year-old man and somebody who's probably like 100 pounds soaked in wet. Like, come on. Just lost to two of the biggest guys in your entire roster in a no-disqualification street fight where anything goes. You had a five-on-two advantage, and you still lost. Who's booking this and shit? And, and Darby Allen took took him took himself out. Took himself out, and then Sting won with a scorpion, uh, scorpion death drop. That's it. So young ass Ricky Stark, who's been on a hot streak, couldn't kick out of that. I would have understood if he put him in the scorpion death lock and made him tap, but that was it. The shit was horrible. The decision-making behind this pay-per-view, the decision-making behind these results was horrible. And there's no defending that shit. 61-year-old Sting and 100-pound soaking wet Darby Allen just beat two of the biggest men in the entire roster with three other people around them, too. I like turtles. This is crazy. You already rate this match. move on? Now can we finally what do you rate, this what do you rate I, the match? I don't rate it as a match. This wasn't a match. I don't rate it. It's a movie. This is not a match. Like. So do you give it two thumbs up or two thumbs down? Cinematically, I give it two thumbs up. The cinematography was great. The 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 action sequences with the flipping off of the, the wall as a movie, this was great. I would definitely want to see a sequel. This this reminded me of the sequel of for that Sting commercial where he beats up the little kid. <laughs> this was a revenge like 20 years later. Yeah. As, as a movie, two thumbs up. I'd, I'd love to see a sequel. As a wrestling match, as something that I have to see booked going forward, as something that was supposed to either push or, or push down Team Taz and elevate or whatever it was supposed to do for Sting. Sting didn't need a, uh, to be elevated. Sting didn't need this win. Storyline-wise, it would have made more sense Sting. for Team Taz to win and Sting picks them off one by one. That's it. Let's move on. Now to the reason why people think that everybody's bitching. And um, I hope that... Whoever's listening actually thought about what I said and realized this pay-per-view was a lot trasher than just the last four minutes. So John Moxley versus Kenny Omega. What can I say about this match? Bloody. And it was violent. It was bloody violent and bloody boring. I I, I some real shit as somebody who watches death matches. I was like, yo, this is probably the most tamest death match I've ever seen in my whole life. It wasn't it was a like, death match. It wasn't a death match. It, it was it was it, it was like it was like this is it was like a par a parody of death matches. That's how I felt about this. I felt like you know they 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 wanted to go over the top and everything by using these explosions and everything but the explosions never really popped out like that like they used to in, in all Japan, or Big Japan, 
or any of them, huh? You mean the firecrackers? Yeah, the fu- it didn't it didn't translate well as well as it, they do in like J- Big Japan or All Japan, you know, or, or any other deathmatch promotion or anything. Like, you know, they only use Bob wire and it's like, yo, deathmatch, you know, they use basically everything. And, you know, the, we're talking about, we're talking about meat cleavers, uh, pigeon spikes, you know, needles. We don't need to see the to the meat cleaver. So like, you, you, you know, glass, glass, you know, they were, you know, all types of shit. And it's like, this was like really tame. It was like, okay, you guys are overusing Bob wire because, you know, they can't think of anything else to use or something. And it's like, okay. And it's like, you guys didn't even bring out tables or anything. No ladders. Kendo stick. No kendo sticks. No, I, I mean, they even, did bring it. It didn't even go around I mean, they didn't bring, even bring out the barbed wire uh, um, broom. So I mean, they had this barbed wire, I think, baseball bat with the, and, with the firecracker inside it. That was probably the only cool effect. And and the and the barbed wire tape uh, um, chair. But it was it was relatively lame, lame, and you know, basically, of course, they had to have. The Good Brothers is a fear and cost Moxley the match. So, which makes it even like it makes it even worse. Like, this was a death match one on one straight up, and we still got the fuck finish. Yeah. Then let's let's talk about after. So the, the this whole match had a countdown. Outside of the explosions and the little things around. Well, let me take that back. Outside of the firecracker pops and, you know, the, the little things that Kenny Omega put around the ring, the barbed wire, there was a countdown for the, for the entire match. So Kenny has a winning with the help of the Good Brothers. And uh, as a handcuffing marks, they beat him up, leave him in the ring with the, the counter counting down. So this was supposed to be a giant explosion. The ring was supposed to blow up with marks inside. And while we didn't expect that to really happen, we at least ex- expected some smoke, some real-looking flames, and some real-looking pyrotechnics. This shit went off like two sparklers. This shit went off like Gilbert making his entrance. And while pyrotechnic mishaps happen, and it's happened in WWE, it's happened in past history, and that's acceptable, what's not acceptable how the fuck are you going to sell this shit? John Moxley and Eddie Kingston sold this shit like it knocked them the fuck out. Well, I, I, I'm pretty sure they had their eyes closed because they didn't want to see their smoke or chemicals or anything. They probably didn't get to see the extent of the bullshit that was going on. Oh, no, on. no. They saw the extent. They knew. Because right out, right after they went off air, the behind the scenes, John Moxley cut a promo. And he said, "Damn, Kenny Omega can't make a make a ring explode worth a shit." Yeah, because after a while, I was like, "Okay, what the fuck?" What, what, what happened? And while Moxley cutting that promo, guess who's still selling it? Eddie Kingston, you know, because he, because you know, he's he's Eddie Kingston. He, I, he admire, I admire his dedication. He just wants to lay down. That's it. I, I admire, listen, I admire his dedication to the gimmick, 
Kayfabe. But this was a pile of hot garbage. He, he wasn't going to break Kayfabe. This was a steam pile of hot garbage, bro. There's no, no defending this shit. You bring Kayfabe. There's no defending this shit. This pay-per-view got on the truth. So I couldn't even rate most matches. This match to me was a four, maybe five. It was nothing but garbage. It was nothing but garbage, Guyana. Nothing but garbage. If they walk away with their life after this, they're going to be known as Lucky Lucky Tito's. That's what they're going to call them, Lucky Tito's. Because this was nothing but garbage, Guyana. Trash. Trash. This was AEW's worst pay-per-view in their existence so far. And I stand by that. Yeah. What do you rate this this pay-per-view? I rated it like a three. I don't blame you, brother. (laughs) I do not blame you. Wasn't a lot of memorable moments. It wasn't a lot of uh, uh, things that were actually surprising. They built this like it was the second, like coming of of you know wrestling and this great pay per view to start off cap of the year, the greatest event of the year. I'm like, no, it wasn't the best pay per view so far this year. What? So we didn't nah. watch the Royal Rumble. That didn't happen. Cause that was way better than this shit. And WWE ain't perfect. So people who automatically have that mindset, oh, he's shitting on AEW. He's a WWE mark. No, motherfucker. It's called being able to criticize both sides. To know when to uplift the good shit and know when to really bring light the bad shit. And honestly, I stopped. And we had a day and a half to to talk about this pay-per-view, to think about this pay-per-view. There are no redeeming qualities outside Rio's match, and it was just the match, not even the outcome. Yeah, Maybe it's just like the movie. The, the, this whole this whole thing was like pretty much boring. It's like, you know, they, they basically ran out of ideas to do, and now we're seeing all this garbage that you know they can't produce because nobody knows how to get over on them themselves. <sighs> And, and the thing is, when, when I think about this pay-per-view, now I'm thinking about a quote that Bully Ray uh, posted right after this pay-per-view went off the air. And it's a quote from Vince McMahon. The only thing they're going to remember is the finish. And for a lot of people, this finish is going to be a... This is, gonna, this is like Shockmaster levels of garbage, um, this, this, this finish. So... I, I got nothing else to say. Like we we held off. I was trying to find, you know, the, the positive of this event. I really couldn't. I fell asleep. Once it hit Sting, the Sting match, I was midway through that match. I was like, I can't take it no more. I went to bed. Mm-hmm. And I've never ever done that for a wrestling event ever in my life. I won't say this is the worst shit I've ever seen, period. I won't take it that far, but this was up there. It was so boring. Even the shit shows, I can find something entertaining about. This was boring. It's, I mean, it's just showing that AEW just become an impact. So, And I hate impact. I really do. If there's one thing y'all want to knock on me, I do not like impact. I do not want to watch it. 
I don't give a fuck how many times Kenny Omega crosses over. I'm, I'll catch the highlights. I'm not watching Impact. It's garbage. And the fact that that so much of that influence is taking over AEW, nothing but garbage, Gaina. But before we we sign off, that was the Revolution uh, review. Let's let's give the little highlight of uh, tonight's AEW Dark for this Tuesday. We had the Varsity Blondes defeating Ryzen and Cameron Stewart. We had Santana and Ortiz defeating Joey Janela and Sonny Kiss. I wonder where they're at that and and the rankings now because of that win. We could. I'll check the rankings if you want. No, they, they they show up in the morning. In the morning. All right. So. Uh, when we get to our Dynamite review, look out for that. We'll definitely add the ranking system uh, chat about, about that tomorrow. So uh, we had Santana Ortiz defeating Joey Janela and Sonny Kiss. We had Kip Sabian defeating Carly Bravo. We that, had QT Marshall. That's uh, uh, partner. Okay. We had QT Marshall defeating Fuego del Sol, which is absolute fucking bullshit. What was the point of this whole story? Bad booking. What was the point? Poor Fuego, man. Bad booking. Diamante defeats Savannah Thorne, which was actually a decent match. Savannah needs that's a little M- bit of work. But that's MJF's uh, press secretary. Yeah, yeah, you you caught that mid match. I, I didn't I didn't catch that connection. Um, we had Lee Johnson defeating Baron Black, obviously. Favorite wrestler. We had Power Hobbs, Power Hobbs, Will Hobbs defeating Angel Fashion. Shout out to my Puerto Rican people. Uh, SCU defeats Azrael and uh, Danny Limelight. And we got Abaddon defeating Catalina Perez. The Dark Order defeats Aaron Fry, D3, John Cruz, Varley Morales. And we get. Very much. We get the pretty picture and Ryan Namath defeating Aaron Solo, Brick Aldridge, and Dean Alexander. Which is our nightmare factory graduates, I'm guessing. Yeah, they were the jobbers that weren't good enough for an entrance. Good for them. They were just at least they get at least they're getting some type of exposure. Yeah, at least that. So with that being said, those were the dark results for Tuesday. Um, we didn't want to be negative nasties about this whole show, but sometimes you just got to set it and call it like it is. A lot of people on these forums are defending this revolution pay-per-view and I'm sorry, but I will not accept this level of boredom. They have another quarter to get it right. We have the flagship show. JR said double or nothing is their flagship show. If that shit doesn't show and prove, I feel bad for them going forward. With that being said, we could do this all day. I mean, I mean it's, it's not even going to be at the MGM Grant anyway, either. Yeah, it's, it's in Jacksonville. So it's going to have it's going to have another dynamite feel pay per view. They need to get the fuck out that arena ASAP. Uh, with that being said, we could do this all day. Focus. Where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram, Chancey underscore Muyo. Send all your hate mail to EA, and that's E A. On Twitter. Yeah, so all the hate mail goes to him. You want to argue, send it to him. Um, you know, since he's not showing up, he could deal with the mail for this week. 
Uh, with that being said, you can find us collectively at Cafe Bavu on Instagram, on Twitter, on the Facebook. Join the conversation. Like, share, subscribe to our YouTube. Speaking of subscribing, click on that support link on Anchor, on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening to us. We're on all streaming podcast providers. So, uh, you know, donate. Keep the lights on. Keep the Cafe Bavu train going. With that being said... That was KFA Focus. I have been KFA AJ. This has been KFA Bab. This was the AEW Revolution 2021 review and the AEW Dark results for this week. Um, Kenny, Jesus Christ, please stop looking this way. Tell somebody back there. This shit was horrible. Kenny Olivier, Twinkle Toes, McFinger Bang, take us home. Bye. <laughs> and good night. Bye.